You're listening to Create Wealth Through Franchising, and I'm your host, Kim Daly. In my 20 years as a franchise consultant, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their dreams of building and scaling franchise businesses to create wealth. The interview you're about to hear can also be found on my YouTube channel, where I post new franchising content multiple times per week. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and to my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to Kim Daily TV, and man, do I have a super special guest for you all today. His name is Brian Bogart, and I was blessed to be a guest on his show. I stepped into his studio not really knowing what to expect. I thought we were going to talk about franchising, and the conversation went in a totally different direction, which is probably what's going to happen here today. (laughs) So Brian is a human performance coach, but he has an amazing story, and the reality is he's so much more than that. You know, this show, Brian, wait, let me introduce you. Brian, welcome to the studio (laughs) of Kim Daily TV. I'm so happy to be here, Kim. I love your energy, and I've just enjoyed all of our time together so far. I I just start streaming, and I get so excited. I'm like, wait a minute. i got to welcome you into this conversation. All right. I just want to dive in because I think it's going to get really juicy really fast for everybody. Your bio says you're a human performance coach. coach, Okay. But there's obviously so much more to that. And, And this show, so how is that relevant to creating wealth through franchising podcasts? So This show is about inspiring dreams. Dreamers dream to want who want control and freedom. And we we define those outcomes. And then Kim helps, you know, provide solution, which is a franchise business, right? Buying down the learning curve of starting a business by investing in a proven franchise to drive an outcome. So I'm not selling franchising, I'm selling freedom, which is what everybody wants, right? And then the other listener is the one who's looking for advice, tips on how not to fail, or maybe I I am a business owner and man, I cannot figure it out. I'm not actually living the dream that I signed up for. So with that kind of a setup, I want you to introduce yourself to my people and then just start talking because when this man talks, everybody leans in. Oh, thank you, my friend. I, I so appreciate you and, and even the way that you just freestyled that intro. Um, you know, here's the thing. I always have to say this. I'm a human being first. I'm a husband and father first. That's the only thing binary in my world is my wife and my kids. Because if the three of them are not good, then I walk away from everything else. Now, I have to tell you, I didn't always live congruently to that, even though that's what I always believed and that's what I always told the world, right? I always said I was going to do everything for the benefit of my family. But I learned through a whole variety of situations that The lack of congruence in my life is also what created so much damage, so much pain, so much separation, so much isolation, so much disconnection, so much scarcity. And I didn't even know it was there. And so really, I like to say that I'm a heart surgeon without a blade because I go inside and help people identify the trash from their past that no longer serves them, but continues to show up as their biggest problems in business, life, relationships, and health. And in all the work that I've done with some of the highest performers across the planet in multiple different industries and areas of expertise, is people are never stuck because they have the wrong strategy and tactics in their life, ever. Now, knowledge helps us. Strategies and tactics are essential for scaling and leveraging your life and your business, but they are not the thing that keeps you stuck. Without fail, every single time, it comes back to the trash from your past. 
Now here's, here's the catch, and I'm gonna say this really quickly, and then I'm gonna give you a little perspective to my story. But the reality of it is that the trash from your past is not your fault. It just becomes your responsibility once you become aware of it or you start burying others in yours. Most of the time, it's generationally inherited. It's patterned in because what is the trash from your past? It's those moments that you've experienced in your life that you want to pretend never did. It's those things that hurt that you maybe never completely healed from. Those areas that you felt hidden, you had to hide or needed to protect yourself. Those things that caused you to not feel like who you are and you've wanted to put it in a box and put it up in a compartment, up in the closet, or shove it down and just pretend like it never existed, yet it continues to come back as your fatal flaw. And the reality of it is, is often it's unconscious because it's so patterned in and it's tied to the emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, and environmental conditioning of which we absorb from the time that we are babies. Now here's the thing. My story is a little bit extreme, at least the one that most people know me for, but I used to believe that it was my transformation story. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring you into the loop right now with this because it's, it's important. It's not my transformation story and you'll see where that goes and I promise you I'll loop that back before the end of our conversation. But when I was seven, I'm gonna give you an expedited version because of the length of your show. When I was seven, I went to Walmart with my mom and brother to get a one inch paintbrush. I was standing next to my mom's car waiting for her to unlock the doors, but this was back in the days before key fobs. So I had to wait for her to reach into her purse, grab her keys, pull them out, stick them in the door, turn it so that we could go on with our way. And as I was waiting there, a truck pulled up in front of the store and the driver and middle passenger got out. Passenger all the way to the right felt the truck moving backwards. So he scooted over to put his foot on the brake, just like any one of us would do, Kim. But he instead hit the gas. Combination of shock and force threw him up on the steering wheel, up on the dashboard, and before you know it, he was catapulting 40 miles an hour across the parking lot right at us with no time to react. So I'm getting ready to get in the car. I turn my head and I look left and I see this truck and I, I have no time to react. He goes up over the median, up and over the tree in our median, hits our car, knocks me over, runs over me diagonally, tearing my spleen, leaving a tire track scar on my stomach and continuing on to sever my left arm completely from my body. The next thing my mom hears is my brother's voice saying, mom, Brian's arm is over there, 10 feet away. It was August 10th, 1992, 6:10 p.m., 115 degree day. She looked up, saw my arm, and she saw the trail of muscle that was cooking like hamburger on the hot asphalt. Now, I always have to pause in this before we go any further into my story, and I have to acknowledge the woman that is responsible for me being here. And, I, and, and my mom is definitely one of those, but there was a nurse that walked out of the store right when this took place, and she saw the literal life and limb scenario in front of her. I've said for years I was forever indebted to her because of the choice she had to go into action in that moment. And that became even more powerful this last year because I met the woman who saved my life on the 30th anniversary of the accident. Oh my God. And I learned last August that she had a friend with her that day who also had all the training, who was a nurse as well, who witnessed the same thing, the life and limb scenario and turned and decided to go home. Now I wanna be really, really clear. I have zero negative emotion towards the person who turned away. It's completely within her right. And I, like, I, want, I want everyone to hear that. But what I'm trying to really impress the point upon is the fact that her choice to go into action had a ripple effect that not only saved my life and my limb, but ultimately is having a ripple effect impacting millions of lives in this world as a result of her one choice. She came over, stopped the bleeding on my main wound, saved my life, put my arm in ice in a cooler to give me a fighting chance of saving my arm. And so if it wasn't for this woman, I either wouldn't be here with you today, Kim, or I'd be here today with a cleaned up stump. The last thing I'll say on this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll pause and we'll, we'll take it wherever we need to, is that I realize I have an extremely unique story. 
But every single one of you listening also has an extremely unique story. Every one of you. You can't just stop right there, Ryan. You got to keep going because now we're like, we're all leaning in. So I'll give you so more, but I want to pause because I want everyone to hear that your story is also significant. And what I want everyone to understand is that regardless of the extremities of your stories, what's important is that you learn how to pause and become aware of the lessons you can extract from your stories to shorten your own curve to learning because you can now apply those intentionally in your life and moving forward. And we all have the ability to tap into the collective wisdom of other people's stories. So today I'm going to live in my purpose, which is to tell my truth, which will hopefully give you permission to live yours. But the reality of it is, is everything I do is about opening people to stand in their power and their potential and to actually be able to live in alignment with who they are and have all the things that they desire through joy, freedom, and fulfillment. And that only happens from doing the work inside. It's so amazing. I mean, if you're listening to the show right now, I hope you're like drying your eyes because this is crazy. So how does that experience then make you the coach that you are today? And how do you pull out from other people their story and apply it to their pain? And then ultimately, it's not here to talk about the pain. It's to talk about empowering yourself to be That's right. the person you really know you are meant to be. That's right. Well, the reality of it is, is it's not just that one story that shaped me into who I am and, and, and what I'm doing today, which by the way, are one and the same. I just had somebody ask me that the other day. He's like, I can't tell if this is what you do or if it's who you are. And I'm like, for the first time in my life in the last two years, I can tell you it's exactly the same fucking things, which is incredible. And you know, when I sit here and say that, what I have to help you understand is a little bit of the context of the journey that went there before I can tell you where I'm at today and how I'm helping people. Because I think the journey and the demonstration of the story is also what's going to teach some of the lesson. Okay. So when I came out right after, right after all this happened, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was stuck. I was literally at seven, like thinking it was a dream. And then we had all these families coming up to us in the ER and, and, and saying, oh my gosh, we're so sorry for what happened to you. We're in urgent care with you. Is We're so sorry. What can we do to help you? And then we'd find out that their kid's laying in the hospital bed next to me with a terminal illness and doesn't know if they're going to live for another 30 days. Perspective hit me pretty hard right out of the gate because I didn't know if I would have my arm successfully reattached, if I'd ever have use of it like I do today, if I'd be able to live at the level that I can. But what I knew in that moment is that my life was saved and I didn't have the concern that the kids next to me did. So I immediately started to realize that in that moment, I wanted to get moved by the things that had happened to me instead of get stuck by them, right? I wanted to get moved by what had happened to me because I believe that moved people move people and that's what I've been focused on a big part of my life. But I came out of the hospital and I wanted to move, right? And what would happen? I'd, I'd, had, I'd have a sling. I have a teddy bear between the sling. It has to heal at 90 degrees. So inevitably, people are like, hey, what happened to you? They were expecting me to be like, oh, I was racing my brother down the street on our bikes and I crashed or I flew off the jungle gym or whatever, right? But I'd look at them just deadpan in the eye and say, I was run over by a truck and my left arm was torn off. And 99% of the time, Kim, this is exactly what they do. They'd pause after their jaws were picked up off the floor, they'd pause and they'd look to my parents for validation, which told me what? They didn't believe my story. They didn't believe you. <laughs> they didn't believe my own truth. It's my own reality, my own truth. And immediately, every single day, I'm being told that the world doesn't believe me. Right? Then the second thing that happened is that every single person, not everyone, that's not fair, but many of these same people started to view me through their lens of what they'd be capable of in my situation. Immediately limiting me, telling me what I was gonna be able to do, what I wasn't gonna be able to do, what my function was gonna look like, the life I was gonna have, 
I'm so sorry. Annoying. Fuck that. <laughs> it's so annoying. Right? People but do that in I my do world then? as well, by the way. <laughs> they, they do it all the time. Yeah. All of us are privy to this. It's just a yeah. matter of like, mine was amplified for a different reason. Right? But what did it do? I didn't realize this at the time. It was completely unconscious, but I protected myself. I created an intellectual narrative. I, I, at that time, even at seven, was like, well, if I've got a strong mindset, if I've got a strong mind, then I can do anything. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I did. I did mm -hmm. a lot of cool shit. Mm -hmm. Right. But my narrative was this. Brian's good. Brian's strong. Brian's capable. He can do anything himself. Now, what the world added that I didn't was, oh, and if he needs help, he'll ask for it. Fast forward to 20. I'm snowboarding. Much of my life, I had to live on the edge of death just to feel alive. I don't want to be your mom. <laughs> My mom, my mom didn't want to be my mom a lot either because the she number did, of calls she, she got from police officers, urgent care rooms, places that I would be around the world traveling and getting hurt and she'd get a call. That's what happened this day. I'm on a snow, I'm on, I'm on the hill literally and I go down. Now I'll give you a little more color just because you brought the mom into it because it actually is a hilarious story. <laughs> I'm a mom of two teenage boys. <laughs> yeah, so I go down and, and I was a good enough snowboarder that most of the time I knew how to just dig my edge in and pop right back up, right? Like we all go down, it is what it is. I went down and I caught my left elbow and I immediately knew something was wrong. So I didn't pop back up. I slid down and I was really graced because I had a snow patrol about 30 feet in front of me. He comes over to me and he goes, what's going on? I said, well, I, uh, I'm going to talk calmly to you because I have a pretty extreme situation and I'm 90% sure I just broke my left arm. But it's complicated, so I need you to listen to me. And he goes, there's no way you broke your arm. I was like, no, 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 I, I did. I promise you something's not right. It broke. I felt it when I went down. He goes, you'd be in a lot more pain. And I said, sir, I'm in a lot of pain, but I've been in a lot more pain than this before. So I'm, I'm, I'm able to hold this together because I know the importance of this situation. He goes, why don't we take off your jacket and we'll take a look. We take off my jacket. My sleeve was covered in blood. He goes, I think you broke your arm. I was like, <laughs> so we're getting on the, on the, on the helicopter to go to the airport that we were at. And he calls my mom from his cell phone while we're on the helicopter and I'm talking to her and she's like, where are you right now? I was like, I'm in a helicopter. I'm headed to the, the, to the hospital. She's like, what's going on? I said, I rebroke my left arm where it almost fell off, like where it almost, where it was taken off when I was seven. And she's like, what, like, just like what that moment she's in a different state. Like, yeah. So I had to take it to the mom's side for just a second because there's truth to that. But here's what happened in that period. I went through seven surgeons who were afraid to touch me. I went 10 months with my arm hanging by my side. I re-experienced as a 20 year old, many of the situations I did at seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old as I was rehabbing, learning how to button my pants, tie my shoes, function in the world. But now I don't have all the support around me. Wow. Right, I had my family and my parents doing it. Now at 20, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm in the most depressed place I've been. It's the darkest place I've been. I'm isolated, I'm alone. I'm, and I was surrounded by people pre-accident. Like, all over the place, so many friends, so many people. No one was there. And here's the crazy part. I'm not upset at them. They bought into my narrative. Brian's good, Brian's strong, Brian's capable. Brian can do anything himself. Oh, and if he needs it, he'll ask for it. I never said that though. And in my most vulnerable period, at least in that point up until this life, I didn't have the courage to ask for help. So I started to focus on human connection through vulnerability and authenticity. Right? If I could get people's walls down, if I could get them to open up, like maybe I'm finally going to connect with people. Maybe I won't be alone. So I went on this path of chasing what I believed was human connection, but I didn't have a healthy model for what that looked like. You see, I was in seek of who, but what did the world model for me? They taught me how to chase what? What house, what car, what amount of money, what, all the what's. 
It wasn't who I am. It was what, what can you demonstrate your success with? And so now I know unconsciously that I believed that at that time, if I built a life of significance, a life of success, that maybe people would just want to be around me. See, I was trying to seek who, but I was chasing what. And what happened is I woke up at 27 years old, having a $10 million growing business at that time, and having supposedly everything I ever wanted, the house, the car, the money, the beautiful wife, kids on the, like, amazingness. But I was empty. I was still alone. I was still disconnected. I was still isolated. And I was supposedly riding at the top of the world. So I reevaluated, and for the last 11 years, I've been rebuilding. And there's a whole variety of other stories that shape that, but the most important one that I'll hift you with is when I was 32, I was laying on the couch with my daughter after we'd been playing. And she puts her arm around my neck and she kisses me on the cheek and she says, Dada, I love you. She's like two at the time. And I just, <laughs> I, I, I just, I literally, and I had an experience, I, I just fell into tears. I fell apart. I like tears just started flowing. And I'm sitting there realizing the joy that I'm experiencing in this moment, the connection, the love, the beauty of this moment. And realizing that most of my experiences with emotions paled so far in comparison to this moment that I must not actually be feeling. So I started to explore emotion because what I started to realize is that human connection without emotion isn't really human connection. I'd mastered human connection from a strategic and tactical perspective by understanding the concepts of vulnerability and authenticity, and I got really, really good at it. But I still hadn't let my own guard down. I still hadn't actually started to unpack all of my stuff, and I was still operating in a deep level of shame and a deep level of anger that I didn't even know existed. And so 2019 happens, and my wife says to me, hey, babe, I think you allowed fear to enter into your world in a way I've never seen you. I think you've convinced yourself we need the money, the status, the prestige. What I'm going to tell you is all we need is 100% of you and we don't have it. I don't care if we live in a cardboard box on the corner. She said, I think you've convinced yourself that you need all this stuff. And I see you dying a little bit inside every single day you live in risk management and employee benefit consulting. But I was coaching and speaking at that point for five years side by side because of a coach I'd hired who told me I needed to be doing this. And I didn't listen for a long time. And when I jumped in, it was just beautiful. But she said, every time you're doing this, you light up. It's a different version of you. And she said, and I, I just, I know you're not having anywhere near the impact on the world that you want. You're barely scratching the surface of your potential. She said, so why don't we walk away from everything and double down on this bet and let's go see what we can do in terms of creating impact in the world. So I left the corporate world after having built a $15 million business because I was deeply misaligned in my life and I felt like I wasn't fulfilling who I'm capable of being. And if I'm not going to do that, then how am I going to help others do that? So I left the world to go save other people and help them discover who they are. And then in April of 2021, 18 months after I'd left, my wife and I are sitting on the back patio and she says, Brian, things that you did early in our relationship, ways that you showed up, patterns that still exist that you still exist in, all created this dynamic of things that contributed to me losing who I am. Dagger to the heart. I said it's the only thing binary in my world is my wife and my kids and I'm out here pouring into the world to help other people and I'm crushing my family. I went from being in almost the best place in my life in marriage that I'd ever thought I would be in March of 2021 or March of 2021. Yeah. And a month later, I didn't know if I'd be married for another 30 days. 
So a lot of the work that we've done now in the taking out the trash model and how we help people came from that period of time because though I did understand lots of elements of moving and healing and understanding, I went through 10 days right after that happened because I gave my wife my phone and I said, babe, clear my calendar. I need, to, I need to do everything I possibly can to understand this, to unpack it, to go inside, to know the source of where this is coming from, why it's showing up this way. And a lot of these things I'd been teaching already in coaching and speaking for a long time, but not to the depth that I had to go to because this anger that I was existing in was buried so deep it could barely be excavated. I didn't even know it was there. And 99% of the people in my world, when I told them that I was dealing with anger, they're like, what? You? I'm like, yeah. Like, but really what's happening is I have the power to infuse life and love into people. Imagine that turned on the other side. I was damaging my family. And so I made a promise to her that I'd do everything in my power to make sure the negative effects of anger never would impact our house as a result of me again. And I'm proud to say that two years later, it's only happened five times. We've reversed generational patterns. We've now repaired relationships with multiple generations backwards because we've had very intentional, healthy boundary conversations. We've allowed our kids to understand what they're worth receiving in terms of language, love, connection. And for the very first time since my kids have been alive and for the first time in almost 17 years together, the last 18 months, my family finally feels emotionally safe with me. Amazing. I provided physical safety, financial safety, leadership, love, all these things, but I had not given them the emotional safety because of my armor and my trash. And I was burying them in it, and I wasn't aware of it. You're so beautiful. <laughs> what an amazing, amazing story. So let's bring that back to, I mean, I want to promote what you do. Like, how do you help people? So bringing it back to business owners, yep. maybe some people listening to this are like, I don't know if I want to go all the way back there. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you might be thinking after you talk to Brian, what choice do you really have if you want the outcome? But at least I am, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're like, you're, you're so much more than like human behavior. It's like, you're like, you're like the best life coach I ever listened to ever, bar none, you know? So how do you bring this back to practicality yep. in terms of like someone who's thinking about breaking through mm -hmm. the fear of starting a business, changing your life? How do you begin and how do you actually, how does someone take the first, first step if they want to work with you? Yeah, um, great question. And I promise I will keep this answer tight because it's, it's clear, it's needed. Um, the reality of it is, is that I'm going to ask just one question because most people first, the first thing they say is great. Okay. You're the garbage man. You help pe people identify and take out the trash from their past. How do I know if I have trash? Well, first and foremost, the answer is every single one of us. If you're, human. Yeah, if you're exactly. human. And so that'll be the simple one, but here'll be the next piece is I'm going to say, okay, if you are really still questioning and trusting whether or not this is the case, who was the last person that made you feel like garbage? If you have any emotion, any reaction, any defense, any feeling, any thought that comes from that question, you've got fucking trash. <laughs> okay? Awesome. And so the thing I need to help people understand is, again, people believe that they're stuck because they have the wrong strategy and tactics in their life. That's never the fucking case. It always comes back to the emotional triggers, behavioral patterns, environmental conditioning, the intellectual and emotional narratives that were formed most of the time in our first 7 to 14 years of life that cause us to believe something that our whole lives, we've only further validated that belief because of the ways that we've sought it versus challenging it, right? So I'll give a, I'll give a case study. I'll, I'll give you an example. 
Okay, because a couple other questions I'll ask for those that hear, like, hey, I'm trying to jump into this. I'm trying to escape the corporate job. I want to jump into franchising. Oh man, Kim does this amazing work. I love her. Her heart's amazing, but shit, I don't know if I can handle the financial investment. I don't know if I'm going to be okay, right? Like all of these thoughts, you know, have, has any of you listening, have you ever missed a sale because you were too afraid to ask? Where's that fear come from, right? Have you ever felt taken advantage of by a client or friend because they know that you're always going to say yes, no matter what? You're going to show up. You're the one who's going to do or it. Or your kids. <laughs> Sorry. But the point is, is that's true, right? Like, but yeah. look at all of these patterns. Like those moments you feel disconnected, alone, you're experiencing FOMO, like whatever the case, if you exist in the low frequency, negative emotion side of the spectrum, you have trash and it will show up in your business. So here's a case study. Coming into, in, coming into COVID, I started working with a client. He called me in September of 2020. He's in the commercial real estate business. He does investments, property management, and development. Okay? So he's in all three, and he views himself most as a property manager, but he recognizes that the wealth and everything else they do is going to come from the other pieces. At this time in his life, he was owed $250,000 from his own organization because he forgoed his own pay to pay his team. He was on the tail end of a $650,000 settlement that he lost. And it's not a fair situation. The guy got fucked, right? And so he's extremely guarded in life. He communicated to his team that I have 17 months of liquidity left. I care about you all so much. I'm telling you that because I don't see how this business is going to exist and survive. And I want to make sure that you all have the opportunity to put your families in the right place possible before I run out of money. He lived in the same house for the last decade. They bought it only thinking they were going to be there for three years. Now all of a sudden they're boys or teenagers and they're like falling on top of each other and they've not done what they needed to do. And this is a guy who rode his bike from coast to coast in the United States more than once in his life. And he's now 40 pounds overweight, drinking excessively. He's not moving and he feels like garbage. I paint the picture because I want everyone to understand like this is where the starting point was. We yeah. started to go in and we started to dig deep right? We have five pillars of trash that didn't exist actually at the time that I worked with him, but the models are the same. It's just yeah. the language is different. Yeah. And so we had to really help him start to understand and dig deep and understand where these pieces came from in his life, right? He was existing in a deep level of scarcity that was rooted in a moment of shame that was created when he was six between his brother and his father. There was damage that was created there. And that pattern repeated itself in places that he was still carrying negative energy and resistance with relationships, people, and disconnection 30 years later, which is often the case. People are like, wait a minute, I've been carrying this for like 40 years. You think I can really like, yeah, you can. Okay. Because here's the thing about trash. The world tells us to show up, move fast, and put a smile on. We can't feel. We can't be real. We can't be human. So what do we do? The world judges us based on our actions and our performance. And many high performers have learned to receive love, validation, and connection through performance, which, oh, by the way, is contingent love, right? And so when we recognize all these pieces about how we operate, he was no different. We started to unpack it. We had to raise his level of awareness around it. We had to help him own it and create repair in the places that he needed to. He had to unpack it and understand literally feeling for the purpose of healing, because if we do not feel, we do not heal. The reality of it is it's actually been scientifically proven. Do you know what the heart has a hundred times greater electrical charge than the brain? The heart has 5,000 times the magnetic pull to the brain. And there's over 40,000 brain-like cells that exist in the heart called sensory neurites. 
And they've scientifically proven that if someone goes to therapy to intellectually alone process through their thoughts and their experiences, but they don't embody it in their feelings, then those 40,000 cells don't actually heal and move, which means that those same patterns will continue to repeat in your life. We had to get deep, okay? I'm gonna fast forward though to tell you the outcome. Nine months later, I got a call from his wife that said, what have you done with my husband? Thank you. 18 months later, here's what happened in his business. In 2021, he netted over 600 grand himself. They entered into three eight-figure fundraising rounds that he had never done before on the investment and development side. They closed all of them within 60 days. They extended benefits, raises, and additional support and team in their organization. They grew their business. They literally more than doubled in size within 18 months when he thought he was going out of business. They finally upgraded their home. They bought their dream home. They've got plenty of room. They're loving it. They're realigning their life. He's riding his bike 120 miles again a week. We have a call with them a couple of weeks ago because we're doing a retreat and they want to come. I've never met his wife. I only got this email from her when she sent this to me or called me or whatever it was. That was like one interaction. We get on the call. The very first thing she says to me is, Brian, we wouldn't have our home. We wouldn't live where we live. We wouldn't have the family and life that we have if it wasn't for you helping guide him through identifying and taking out the trash from his past. Because he had to understand how these things moved in his world, right? Because I'll give a great example. And this will be the last piece that I close this on. Anger used to show up in my family like this. My wife would say something like this. Hey, babe, what are we going to do with the kids this weekend? My shame filter would cause me to hear it this way. Hey, honey, you've not done enough to be a good husband and father here recently. So what are you going to do to make up for it this weekend? Wow. (laughs) Which would immediately trigger defense, protection, elevation. My heart rate would go. I'd start to get like my blood flushing and I'd rattle off the 10 things I've done in the last four days to show her I'm a good husband and father. That wasn't even what she was asking. (laughs) She's like, whoa. (laughs) Now I've created damage, which creates more energy for both of us to create repair and diffuse that energy. I've now triggered her, caused her to put her armor up because of the places that her trash exists that again, aren't my fault, but they can be my responsibility for her as well. Right? And so now what happens? I need to know how it moves in my world so I can pause in those moments because that's where we create the movement in our lives. It's about catching ourselves in the moment of a reaction, the moment of fight or flight, the moment of protection so that we can instead move through it. So now if my wife asks me something or says something and I don't, I feel something inside, I can be aware of it, own it, unpack it, understand it real time in the moment, pause, take a breath and say, hey babe, I don't think I heard you correctly because I'm feeling a little bit triggered in the moment. Could you please restate it one more time and I'll try to hear it through a more neutral lens. And if I can't diffuse this, maybe we can pause and revisit later. No damage, no reaction, response, right? And the reality of it is, is that it, that is where we move in our lives. That's where we break these patterns. And the reality of it is, is if you ever feel like garbage and you want to stop feeling like garbage, it's going to require you to sit in it. It will feel like garbage to unpack it. But if you want to continue to feel like garbage forever, then just leave it alone and keep pushing through and pushing down. But if you really want some movement, I promise you there's a better way than what's been taught out in the world today. That's amazing. How do people find you? On social media, at Bogert Brian, or if you're a web person, brianbogert.com. But if you just Google my name, you're going to find a lot. So I don't say that to impress. I say it to impress upon the point. We want to impact over a billion lives as quickly as we can by reducing the level of internal suffering that exists on this planet. So It's going to be collective impact through working with people like you, amplifying messages of impact, heart, and love. And 
we'll be able to allow people to stand on their core two feet exactly as who they are at some point. <laughs> it's amazing. And you know what? To simplify it, even like take this very, very deep conversation kind of like up a, a level or two just to say when people ask me, Kim, why are franchise some franchises successful and why are some franchisees, you know, why, why, why am I going to fail? Like, this is actually the answer. It's always the trash <laughs> from their past. And I give sense, but a little bit different. And I share my story, which is not as deep as yours, but it's, it's a story. It's your story's and, real. Yeah. And it helps people get it, but it's the same exact answer. It's always people looking externally, you, Mr. Franchisor, it's your job to make me successful. And so when they're asking that question, they want me to say, well, the franchisor didn't do his job. And then sadly, because I know from my own 26 years of being a business owner, the only person who was ever going to do it for me was me. And it wasn't until I woke up and realized and owned that and decided to own it, that I went from being an average performing consultant to a history maker in my franchise. And, yeah. and I'm just me, you know, and that's my story. And so I, I try to leave that inspirational message with all of my listeners and my candidates, especially because when they ask me that question, how do I succeed or how am I not going to fail? The answer is so much deeper than that surface Always. answer. I know everybody time. wants to hear. Yeah. It's amazing. You are an amazing, amazing person, Brian. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate you. I reflect that back to you. God bless you. For anyone who's interested in meeting this perfect specimen of a man, <laughs> please. But Far we'll, from we'll perfect. <laughs> we'll put his contact information uh, in the description. His last name, by the way, is B-O-G-E-R-T, right? So yes, uh, if you're yes. going out looking, looking for him, it's B-O-G-E-R-T. And until next time, my name is Kim Daly, and I want to be your daily coach. If you found this inspiring, please contact me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My consulting services are totally free to you. Again, that email is inquire at kimdaily.tv. I can't wait to hear from you.